Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. Man, I love this. I almost want you to skip to the end first, but Jason really finishes this podcast off talking about how just because you didn't win the race, it doesn't mean you had a bad race. And he really helped me see the forest from the trees, not only in terms of training, but in terms of racing and upgrading and how to understand when you start going to big regional races and you go from winning to now you're getting like 50th and not getting discouraged, and how do you claw back, and how do you get to 30th, how do you get in the break, how do you get on that podium, how do you upgrade, Um, you know, from this one, I think if you're a roadie that only thinks he can learn from roadies, then maybe you need to skip to minute 17, but we go through a bunch of mountain bike specific stuff, we talk about uh, repetition and training, skills coaching, finding a different way to go through the trail that you think you've already mastered. That's a great analogy for life. Um, and really metric success not being linear. So believe in the marginal gains that you can find from the 1% to believe in yourself to get the win. And uh, you know, you're not going to PR maybe every week, every month, every few months as your training gets deeper and deeper and more experienced. So Jason, man, thank you again. Part two. Guys, if you missed part one, check that out and hope you enjoy the podcast. If you're listening on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. And as always, please just tell one friend about what we're doing over here at Evoke Bike. Hopefully we can help you out. Have a great week. Um, it's, it's just a standard thing. It's just, you know, confidence is a big thing. Yeah. Um, skill repetition, you know, understanding your comfort levels, understanding where you are, um, you know, for any mountain biker, uh, you know, of yours that, that might be scared, you know, of something, uh, Remy Metallier, uh, this French rider lives up in Whistler, does these gigantic hucks. I mean, massive stuff. That's like three stories high off these rocks and stuff like that. And he put out a great, um, video a month or so ago about fear and how he kind of approaches these things. And everyone was like, oh, you, you can't be scared of anything whatsoever. And he's like, I'm terrified all the wow. time, but I know I'm prepared. I've practiced and I know what to do and how to work through it. And that helps comfort him to get over these things. And I think that that's what the thing is, the, the bar is just different for different people. Mm-hmm. You know, someone going off of a curb on a mountain bike, that's or a road bike that's terrifying at first but you know some people a six foot drop isn't that scary it's just because you know we've established a baseline we understand you know how little things build up you know and and there's there's a line where suddenly it's gonna you know you're not gonna be able to go there until you feel comfortable in practice and for you know those mountain bikers that you know might be scared of certain things on the trail go back and do the little things, you know, for me coming from cross country, racing a door, I had to learn how to jump. Right. I, I couldn't ever jump a bike for 15 years. It's terrifying. I didn't want to get more than two feet, maybe a little natural trail jumps and stuff like that, but I had to learn to do big 20, 30 foot jumps and stuff like that. So I went and just practiced on little ones a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot until I got really super comfortable. And then slowly moved my way up to you know the next level and got comfortable on that and then the next and the next and the next thing you know I'm was trying bigger things that I would have never thought in my life I could ever do and it it just took you know feeling a bit more comfortable on the smaller 
parts and knowing I had those down pat. It wasn't, I can go jump this little one. All right, I'm ready to go. You know, it was, it was the old saying, and I'm sure you heard this one from me before, you know, amateurs, you know, do it till they get it right. Pros do it till they can't get it wrong. Mm, I like that. You know, and it's so, and, and that's a big difference is, is, you know, you just doing repetitions until you, you just have the comfort level. Dude, I even think about that for like endurance riding of people do like a four hour ride and they're like, cool, I'm done. What's next? I'm like, yeah, you do it again. They're like, what? I'm like, do it again. <laughs> What's so when you're, when we're talking like skills and drills or any specific things, it seems like, you know, a lot of people will go ride their local trail. It's what you can get to easily. Are you trying any general overall skills or are you trying to find out what's on the course at your big race and trying to simulate something more course specific or maybe both? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you can get to your big race course, it's always nice to get there. Yeah. Generally your area of the country will kind of match. I mean, someone who's racing in the East coast, when they come here for nationals to say winter park, that's a big difference. Mm. Um, I don't know if you can just train for that, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're, you know, a, a Southeastern and your, your big races, you know, some of the, the XCO cups down in the Southeast, you, you'll get a good feel for the terrain that you're, you're riding on anywhere you go. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's fairly consistent. Um, it, it is tough to kind of jump from wet, you know, East, East coast stuff to dry altitude, you know, you know, mountain stuff so uh, you know with exception you're probably gonna try to just train for what's available around you as much as you can um, yeah so is that more at least mostly the race, do you t- tell somebody like just go at race pace more often when they're doing skills so that like it's you know i don't do skills work so this is why it's probably like this is a dumb question brennan but is it you know how do you work skills besides just riding your mountain bike on trails yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like when I started, uh, there were no skills mountain bike coaches. Yeah. Uh, now it's a pretty big thing. Just as much as you have a training coach, you know, there's skills clinics and places like that. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, one of the things to do is go out with your buddies. Um, and your literal focus is not training that day. I mean, it is so to speak, but it's, it's skills training, Mm -hmm. go find a section of trail and redo it five, 10, 20 times, you know, back up on the trail, a hundred yards, come into it faster, look at the lines, you know, approach it. Where do you need to be? How much speed do you have to scrub to come in? Or where do you need to be to come out of the terrain? You know, a lot of people, they're just, you know, at least when I was you know, racing cross country, I just go ride the loop. That was it. Just go ride the loop. And it took, you know, some people can now take that time and understand. And it maybe took me 10 years to learn to do some of these techniques where now you can go learn it in your, you know, your early years riding, because we're just smarter, you know, Mm -hmm. take the time to learn it. Um, Break things down, you know, don't, don't just pick what you think is the right way. Go really look, you know, it's difficult to tell somebody to do this, but go look at a section of trail and 
understand where you're going to go and go through it every way except the way that you would go. Oh, Try it like a puzzle. Go through it every different way and you'll find That's a li- this is a life tip. This is like a life different tip. Different right ways here. to go through it. You know, I remember first time, you know, when I was out here in Colorado, I rode with former world downhill champion, Miles Rockwell, like the only American ever to win. And I was, this guy was my hero growing up, you know, and I had this chance to ride with him. I'm like, holy cow, this guy actually wants to ride bikes with me. Whole um, mind's blown. Yeah. So we go out there and I ride this trail that I've been riding for years, years. Thought I had every section dialed and follow him down and my just brain melted because he didn't go a single spot where I went. Wow. And he was so amazingly smoother and faster. And I was like, I need to rethink everything I know about bikes because I have to think outside of the box. Like, and, and, and he, you know, we talked a lot after the ride and I asked him about it. I was like, where did these come? And he's like, dude, you just, you gotta, you gotta think different, look at it. And, you know, he obviously is the best in the world at, at doing that. You know, he knows how to do that. And it just really helped me approach things completely differently than I ever had. You know, my aspect was just go where the tires go, you know? And I, so I went out and did those sessioning things and learned, you know, how to ride a corner completely different than I ever had, you know, how to, you know, go high, how to faint into corners differently. And, and just rethink everything and, and it's made a big difference and that you know cross country you know you can get some of that stuff especially if it's a shorter course you can go and learn that stuff you know the long style races you're not going to be able to do that and enduro you're going to have to take the time to really break down tracks and understand you know stuff like that so that's probably more important that style but you know if you can get on your home trails and stuff you ride every day and, and make it different and, and maybe time yourself on the sections and see mm-hmm. what's different and things like that. And I think that can be pretty helpful for, for skills work. And stuff that's like that. awesome. That's an amazing tip. And that I do, that just strikes me for like life advice, like just try different ways of things. And my uh, I'm a huge fanboy of Gary V. I don't know if you've ever seen me repost some of his stuff, but he had a comment where he's like, when I hear someone that has a totally different viewpoint than me, that's the button that says, listen. And he's like, you know, don't argue and shut them down. Like the exact opposite, just hear what they got to say. And it's like, it's been very interesting. Uh, it, it, yeah, we won't go on that tangent. So <laughs> when you went to Colorado and you were a new coach or newer coach and you were around other new coaches, and, um, you know, you're in Boulder, you've probably got, you know, 80 other people who think they're coaches and a lot of information going around. What do you think? And this is a while ago. So if you don't have a great answer that comes to mind, that's cool. But what were, or maybe what were some mistakes that you saw you making early on that you look back now and kind of laugh at? And I asked that, cause we have a lot of people who will watch that are trying to do the self-coaching thing and just make their own plan and get rolling. And now that WKO5 is out and a lot of people have access to that, what are some missteps that you think you took that you look back and you're like, man, that was silly? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, everybody makes mistakes for oh, sure. I'm like, a, if I look at myself now, when I first started coaching and getting into it to, to today, it's like, oh, I should email that person and be like, that wasn't the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think probably early on, you know, 
some things worked for some people and it was maybe applying incorrect things to other people. Everybody mm. is very individualistic and you can't just take a template and be like, you know what, this worked for this person. It's going to work for that person. Mm. And, you know, not, it, it took some time to learn and push against and back against that. Cause you just think, well, I work for eight people. Why doesn't it work for 10? And you, you have two very distinct, different people. And, it, you know, I think just pushing outside of that and understanding you, you kind of really have to tailor a lot of stuff. Granted, there's a very basic template of, you know, physiological stuff that does work. Um, but you can't take it all together. You can't even take, you know, the same phone conversation with the same person that's doing the same race. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I coach a, a large number of athletes that were friends, you know, because they were in the same area of the country and they trained together and stuff like that. And one guy, you know, would be like, well, why is he so much faster than me? Or why didn't this work? And it's like, you would, it took time to understand that, you know, different things help motivate and push people differently. And, I couldn't, even though they're on the same rides together and stuff, you couldn't push the same training plan together with them. You had to kind of come outside the box and and think of those things, Um, you know, and then maybe just understanding that a lot of stuff when I was coaching was so new, Um, maybe took just took time to wrap your head around it and, and understand what was there. I mean, some things you're, you want to be on the forefront of, you know, some things you're like, well, I don't know, you know, I'd, and it, you just, like I said, you got to not, not remain in that rut, not be afraid to think outside the box. Yeah. That's a very good thing of not being in the rut. There's it. The one thing that I find very interesting athlete to athlete is just, especially if you go through like harder sessions, some people just get wrecked in a different way from certain workouts. And also the thing that I've learned with seeing how what I expect from an athlete. And then when you read their comments, I'm like, man, I can't believe this one was hard for this person. And then you really have to think like, okay, what is it like, was it this a mental thing or a physical thing? And where did this, is it maybe where this is in the block? Is it like, how do they fatigue through blocks? Um, now being a master's rider and having more access to other master's riders that I'm coaching, I'd say I'm probably split. Like if I think of, I was just thinking, what's my age split here? Like 35 below and above. I don't think I'm 50, 50, but it's interesting recovery. um, Number of intervals people can do successfully. And uh, it's just like toying with things like toying with the rest. Um, I was actually thinking about this. I was out here this weekend and I was doing a loop that, these country roads, these farm roads, a lot of them get cindery. So if it's raining, you're flatting. And I was just not, I was kind of tired. I was like, I'm not in the mood for that. So I rode this 20 mile triangle. I'm like, I'm gonna do five. I'm just gonna pretend I'm doing a circuit race today. And there's three, like three minute little stair step areas. So I'm like, boom, I'm gonna make this like a little course. This is actually gonna be a fun day. And instead of doing like eight by threes, I did like a three by three. And then it was like 30 minutes of zone two, three, three by three and then the last two I just I forget when I did them but I was like "Mm, you know what this would be a fun way to test on different people that struggle with that need more rest um see how they perform on the last two because really everything we talk well I shouldn't say everything but we always hear like the last intervals are the ones that really matter granted 
part of it is you want to be fighting that fatigue and putting out those watts. But I think especially for like a lot of newer people and people that are just starting, like really give yourself the recovery you need. If you're wasted, like don't, if you're wasted and you're trying to do seven and eight and you're not doing anything like, okay, maybe you went too deep. Maybe you're trying to do too many. Maybe you just need to increase the amount of rest between it. And Mm so kind of going on a tangent here, but it is really interesting to dive into how different people are and even super high level guys. Like I've got a guy, I got to, I got to ask him because I keep her, he's like Olympic level rower. And I don't know if he was on a team USA dude freak though. Like numbers is super strong, but there are some workouts still that I like, I'm like, okay, this guy's actually human. He's like, yo dude, that was horrible. I'm like, yes, (laughs) got you. But it's always surprising. And, uh, you can easily forget when you look at WKO and someone's like freakish numbers and you're like, Oh, this, this person is a human being. Okay, cool. Good to see that. What's, um, we kind of touched on this on, and you kind of already alluded to it, like mindset and you really helped me believe in myself and help me go toe the line and be like, okay, I'm at this race for a reason. What are some things that like, even for yourself racing, you're talking the fear of the course. A lot of times people are talking the fear of their competition. I love the idea of, Hey, I'm somebody else today. What do you think when people have just like, they don't believe in the work that they've put in any like tips on the self-talk or maybe it's not self-talk. Maybe it's some other way to like cope with, I'm not good enough because I really believe I mean, I think Patrick and I have won more races than we should have because we leave the hotel room like, yo, today we're going to win. Like, yeah, we're going to win. I think we both leave like, God, this is going to be a hard-ass race. I think we've won way more than we ever should have simply because, like, we believed we left to go to the race. We're going to win today. We're going to freaking do this. And we might get blown out the back and come in 40th, but, hey, like, we want to give ourselves that shot. What are some things that come to mind, no pun intended, when you think of mindset stuff? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you got to believe you can win first mm-hmm. before anything else happens. Um, I mean, I, I tend to think that's the reason most racers are out there racing. Um, they want to win. They're competitive people. But you have to believe, uh, first and foremost, that you can win. Um, and, and you got to start somewhere. Uh, you know, it, it can anywhere it can be at home uh you know believing you can win your workout um you know start there you know you work on the strength to to get through that and you know small little victories can help really build you um build you up and and help just like you're strengthening your legs in that workout you have to strengthen your mind um you know i'm sure again it goes back it doesn't happen overnight um you know, he didn't didn't suddenly roll up into your first Cat One race in in a winner. You know, right. it, it took some time to for for you to understand and believe that that you can and you can. And then, you know, you probably worked your way up, or I know you did, but other races, I'm saying, probably work their way up, knowing they can win. That's how you get up to being a Cat One or, or a professional athlete. Um, you know, you, you got to be confident in yourself. Um, always, you know, even, even if it's the worst race and, and don't be fearful of your competition, um, just because, you know, maybe you were a, a big fish locally 
and suddenly you're going to a regional race or a national race, you know, oh, so-and-so so much faster than me, or he's won so many races, you know, you, you've got to be just as strong in the head, mm-hmm. you know, when you tow that line as you are in the legs. Um, so maybe it's important to take your time every day um, and do the little things, make it a little habit. You know, I, I don't know, you might've read this book. I read a book, um, Atomic Habits. No. Um, oh, maybe I did on Audible actually a while ago. Yeah, so yes. the, the very first chapter, they, they talk about, uh, I think it's Sky Racing um, coming out of the gates, you know, when this is what, 10, 15 years ago when Sky Racing's big thing was marginal gains, make the 1% change that you can do every day. So the little thing that you can do, you know, if you can make a little 1% change in your head, you know, have a cup of coffee in the morning, formulate your plan for your training in your head, you know, before you go out on your ride, if you're, you know, going to train that day, if it's not a training day, formulate your plan for, you know, what you want to, what you want to be, you know, write it down, make it happen. You know, look at, look at that note, you know, tape a note on the mirror that says, I want to be so-and-so, or I want to be this type of person. And the more you look at that, the more, and the more you try to emulate that, the more you're just going to become it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take, take that little time in your coffee and be like, you know, the, and man, I hate these climb efforts. They're so hard, you know, and, and maybe recalibrate your thinking and be like, you know what? All right. This is a five minute full gas effort up the climb. I'm going to give it everything I got for the first 30 seconds, show up, start that 30 seconds. And you know what? You get through it. And then you can be like, you know what? All right. All right. I can get there. I can, I can finish this. I can hold this wattage or whatever for the, the next five minutes. And, and maybe that's a big chunk, break it into little pieces. You know, if you have a hard time, you know, putting that all together, you know, I can think of, you know, when I did my 24 hour race, solo 24 hours straight it was like massively daunting task all i thought about was you know eight mile course two miles at a time for 24 hours straight that's all i focused on the next two miles i looked at my computer and said i this is all my brain's gonna process i didn't want to look at this big picture because it's overly daunting um you know in in you know, races can be like that, you know, they can be daunting. So you can, you can break everything down into little pieces and, and work on the strength of doing that part, you know, and, and not have to worry about all this stuff, you know, so far ahead and, and make it big. I mean, granted, you got to have a general overall plan, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that, but you can put your strength of your head into that moment and crush it. Mm-hmm. And then carry it into the next and crush it, you know, and it, and it works. Um, Dude, there's so many good things in that, that like, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. When you say marginal gains, it's, I need to use that to remind people because there are, you know, when we were talking earlier of how many little things there are that go into getting good at cycling. And it's like, you know, you always come across some athletes that like they're, they don't want just 1%. They want 10% gain. And I'm like, this is not endurance sports. I'm really sorry. Like 
you're getting faster. You're just, you know, you set a PR a week ago. This week, you might not PR. You might not PR for another month. Like you're getting, you can do that effort more than once now. That counts for something. Well, it doesn't improve my FTP. I'm like, well, okay, let's back up. And like sometimes just distilling and trying to find how to explain to people the 1% gains. If they don't see these little things, it's harder for them to buy into it. And I think, you know, I would go out and I'm trying to remember if you told me to do this, but I remember, man, I must've been just either got my cat too. We were talking about doing some like big regional races and it was like, go out and post up, like pretend that you are going to win this race. When you go do this ride, look around, you might feel like a dork doing it, but go post up and like, imagine that you are at that race, see yourself winning that race. And I think putting the note on the mirror of like, I'm going to beat this person. I'm going to go after this person. Like shout out to Todd Chesky. He, he was my number one. Like, I want to beat that dude. He's the dude in Rochester. Okay. That dude's going down. I'm going to figure out a way to win. And once you start, like we did, we had this thing on micro wins, like just how much they build up and finding the win in the workout, celebrate that win, pat yourself on the back. Good job, man. Good work. Cause we're so hard on ourselves. When the workout fails, we are sure to let ourselves know that we suck that day. But when we crush it, it's like I crushed it, but I don't think we follow through with like, great job, like way to eat right. You slept right. You didn't dick around all day. Da, 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 da. All these other little things that could have gone wrong. We made them go right. So dude, I love that. Yeah. And, and I, and I think you're right. People struggle with the 1% kind of thing and the little marginal needs, but think about it. If you made a 1% improvement every month, but at the end of the year, you're 12% better than you were when you started. Yeah. That's the big gain. 12% mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. So it's not always going to come all at once. And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Dude, um, the stair steps is like, everybody wants linear. My FTP has got to go like this. I'm like, dude, I'll be at 800 then by now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's not going to go up forever. So you have to start to look in other places and, and things like that, where you can kind of make the minor adjustments And there's, you know, every place tops out somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, so you have to go looking at the other places where you can make the gains, Um, you know, diet, reducing your stress level, you know, just any, anywhere. Um, there's a lot of places. And then, you know, the other thing too, is people have to understand that just because you didn't win the race doesn't mean you had a bad race, Dude, you know, a great, they're great quote. You could be not the strongest person that day. Mm-hmm. There are people that are always faster and that's okay. Um, you could have worked your ass off and finished 10th. But you, you can, that can still be a great accomplishment for, for you. Um, so, do, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up and think, you know, because that was a failure, you know, the, think of, you know, more align your goals with processes um, than, out, than outcomes, so to speak, where, because you don't know who's going to show up or who's going to be that good on a, on a day. But don't deny the fact that you still need to feel confident in, think that you can be the winner totally and don't be scared to ride with those guys that you're looking up to that you want to beat and uh 
I mean, I still, I, I had mentioned Grand Coons a few times when we did JMSR and I didn't think we were going to get in the pro race and we did. And it's like, you know, teams rolling deep. We are the scrappy dudes coming in as the cat one squad. It's yeah, man. If anyone's like, yeah, I'm not a little nervous. I think you're full of it. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you're a little bit of a fish out of water. Nobody knows who you are. Not in a good way. It's like, you're the amateur dudes. And, uh, but grant always he was like we have a job to do just like they do and you just need to believe in yourself that you belong there and yeah you know you get 40th you figure out how to get 30th you get 30th you figure out how to get 29th and just you know you figure out nine man i need to be in the break and you just over and over and over again and uh experience pays dividends i always refer back to this guy that i love this He's about my age, but he was a new cyclist. And he goes, I want to win how you win. Why am I not crushing back-to-back five-hour rides like you? I said, tell me how many miles I have on Strava and look at yours. And he was like, oh, damn, dude, you have over 100,000. I was like, just been grinding, man. Like, it's just got to keep going. And when you used to have me do these, it was 20 watts less on the first day. And the second day now was like 40 watts less. Like, I remember just dragging home. And you're like, dude, just keep (laughs) Keep going back. One day you'll do Saturday and Sunday. It'll be the same watch. You'll be able to do zone two, both, you know, and it's okay. And you just got to go back after it. Oh man, dude, we're coming up on an hour. I don't want to take up your whole night. This was <laughs> awesome. And I'm so glad that now everyone knows who Jason is when Patrick <laughs> and I dropped the name. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be a part. I appreciate dude. you having me on. Oh man. It's so, thank you from today for doing this. Thank you for the past what is it, 13, 14 years, and uh, can't wait to see what we're podcasting about in another 15 years, so. <laughs> I agree, I say agree, I look ga- forward to it. Say hi to the gang out there for me, and uh, hopefully catch up with you in real life soon, man. All right, thanks, All man. Right. See, see you, care. Jason. You too, bye.